This podcast is brought to you by A Copy Match. A Copy Match is a boutique matchmaking service that helps exceptional singles find meaningful connections and relationships. To learn more about our matchmaking services, online dating makeovers and takeovers, or to enroll in an upcoming group coaching intensive, go to agopymatch.com. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. And uh, this week is online dating tech support. This is where you join us on a Zoom call to ask your dating questions, your relationship questions, and of course, your online dating tech questions. I'm joined by my co-host of today's session, Erica Etten, online dating manager extraordinaire. Erica, say hi. Hi. <laughs> I love having you on. It is so much fun. Uh, I love being on. Awesome. We've got some housekeeping before we keep going. Did you know that we have an agape intensive in real life happening in Tulum in November? I knew that, but I bet people listening didn't know that. Well, it's November 4th to the 7th of 2022. And if you'd like to come, you have to go to agapeescapes.com. It's going to be three nights. It's going to be four days. It's going to be in beautiful Tulum. It's at an all-inclusive resort. It, you get FaceTime with me and uh, the other members of my team. We get to do all of the Agape Intensive, our uh, virtual online dating program. Um, but in real life, it's in person. And we're also going to do an excursion together. We're going to have drinks. We're going to have, although I don't really drink, but we'll have some people, some people will have some drinks. Uh, we'll also have really delicious food. And it's a, it's a weekend of reflection, rest, relaxation, fun, make new friends, camaraderie, all that jazz. So I'm really excited to have anyone who's listening, join us agapiescapes.com If you want to join us, if you want to enroll in an upcoming agape intensive, maybe you don't want to do the in-person, maybe you want to just do the virtual program, three days, nine hours, get it, get it done. Check out agape intensive.com. I'll include these links in the episode notes, but I just want to get that out of the way before we dive into today's online dating tech support. Erica, how was your week? We had a conference. We went to the matchmaking conference. We did. It was fun. It was weird and fun to see oh. everyone in person. Yeah. Cause like, especially people, you know, you and I have maybe zoomed with or talked to on the phone where you see them in person, everyone, I don't know about you. I think we get the opposite comment. Everyone says you look taller and everyone says I look shorter and both are accurate. <laughs> both are accurate. I think I heard that the most ever in my life. Like everyone kept saying, oh my God, you are so tall. Well, you are quite tall and I'm five one. So everybody is tall to me. Are you and really so five foot one? I am five foot one, a good 61 inches. And so, you know, everyone, I like to think my personality, you know, precedes me. But so people were like, oh, ha, I didn't realize you were so petite. I'm like, thanks. I think, <laughs> you know what it is too, as like a tall person, I'm five eleven. Um, anyone below five foot six looks the same to me. Like I just, my brain. <laughs> My brain cannot distinguish. That's this amazing. I feel suspicious whenever a woman who is five foot two tells me he has to be six feet tall. Otherwise I'm not interested. And it's like, I bet you if he was five foot nine, you like, I don't know. I don't want to bet because some people have well, become I don't understand the tall thing either because I just being five one, I just, it would really hurt my neck. Um, I just don't understand. I remember I, I went out with someone one or two times who was like, 
six four. We couldn't even kiss without it right. being awkward. He had to like lean against a building and then like stretch his legs out so I could see his face. It was uncomfortable. But what I do always think is, oh my God, everyone, all they see is the top of my head. That's it. Right. Well, you've got good sure. hair too. Thank you. I better make sure the top of my head is looking good. Um, I hung out with uh with a friend of mine last week before the conference, and I was telling him uh this recollection I had of when I was single, how I found people to date in the summer of 2010. Um, okay. So uh, as a 5'11 woman, and I don't know if things have changed now, you'll have to tell me, but it can be very hard when you're tall and voluptuous online as a woman. Sure. Right. Yeah. And uh, as a person who did not really care that much about height, I was like, oh, you know, five foot nine and up. Like, I don't care about like if they're taller than me, whatever. Right. That, and that was my security there. I also got really tired of dating people outside of my neighborhood at that time I lived in the Upper East Side and I was mm-hmm. like, well, where, where could I, where could I live? Where could I date and like ensure that they live in this neighborhood? Because at that time there were no online dating apps for me to like, it's true. It's be like, oh, you know, here, this zip code, this radius, mm-hmm. it was different. That's why Foursquare had become so popular. And <laughs> anyway, so I told them how I reverse engineered a search on, uh, okay. On Craigslist. Yes. Craigslist misconnections. Oh my gosh. So I put in a mixed connections. This was a completely made up misconnections, but I said, Hey, you gone on at 77th street. You got off at city hall. You were wearing this suit. Um, we had a moment where we glanced at each other a couple of times. I thought you were really cute. I'm really, and then I didn't write anything else about what it looked like. I didn't mention his race. I didn't mention his hair. I didn't even mention his height. I just wanted people who wanted me. So I wrote, I was the woman and I made sure I said woman, not girl, but uh-huh. I was the woman who was really tall on 5'11". I was wearing, um, a, a, you know, a, a magenta sheath dress. My hair was to my shoulders. I have really big eyes. And I was, you know, I smiled very warmly at you. Like I was like kind of describing myself. Do you know, I got like 17 people. I believe that that might be the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. I love that so much. I love it that you did that. Die. I, so of the 17, I went on first dates with, I think like, I think like seven guys, like I was busy the next two weeks. I think that's brilliant. I, and then I I dated one of the guys for like a few months. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I think of course I never told him. So if he's listening to right now, hi, uh, that was, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know where he is. Uh, He could be deaf for all I know, but, um, yeah, like that was, that was how I fished out a boyfriend for the summer. So if anyone is looking for something interesting, um, I don't even know if misconnections exists anymore. Someone's gonna have to tell me in the chat, but if it does, let me tell you, it can work. Oh, it does not work. Okay. Um, well then, um, I guess we're just going to have to like, you know what we should do? You just write out a paper, laminate it, and put oh it my- on trees in the neighborhood where you want your next boyfriend to live. Oh, Maria. You think I'm kidding, but this is really good. Put a QR code in there and then fill out a form. <laughs> or, I mean, we might as well just buy out a billboard at this point, right? Why not? Could work. Could work. I'm anyway, loving this. Uh, we've got a, we got a few people who have questions. So I want to, want to call on them, but, uh, anything well, else you okay, want to add, to be Erica? serious, to be serious for the minute, for a minute, I like what you did much better than what Amy Webb did of data, a love story, because, you know, cause she tried tell us, to re- tell us who she is. Cause I don't think most people know. Okay. Who. So she, um, is an author who wrote this book called, 
uh, I think it's called Data Love Story. Mm-hmm. And she essentially reverse engineered one of the online dating sites by building a lot of profiles of men to see what men wanted in women. Now, I didn't care for her approach. And you can put me on the record because she basically watered down her own profile to the point where it would appeal to most men, which is the opposite of the advice I would give, which is to be quirky, be yourself, say the things that make you you, not the things that appeal to everybody. And then her big finding is that she found a husband. Well, good for her. Anyone can find a husband. But um, sorry, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe that's cavalier. But it's like. Not everyone just wants to I don't, I'm not being as eloquent as I would like to be, but um, I like your strategy better because you put out there exactly who you are versus some um, diluted version of yourself to attract a person. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was like really, and and I don't think that was my first round the rodeo. I did that a few times after that because it worked so well. Like I was Mm -hmm. able to get dates with people that were like, yeah. Okay. Tall and voluptuous sign me up. You know, um, there were certain rounds on Craigslist where it just did not work for me. Like all the guys that, you know, responded were just not, not it. Like, yeah. no I thought did an actual misconnection once. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I was sitting on a stoop in New York in Tribeca on the phone with a friend who was breaking up with her boyfriend for like the sixth time. And there was this cute guy walking a Westie, a dog down the street. And we did look at each other and I could tell he was like pacing back and forth to see when I would get off the phone. But like, I didn't want to be a jerky friend and be like, excuse me, I need to go flirt with this guy, you know? So I posted a misconnection, you know, you were the guy, you were this, you were this, you were walking a Westie. I was on this street. I got so many disgusting responses. I got disgusting pictures. I got like, I'll be your Westie. I mean, it was not good. Yeah. I got, I got those too. And I don't, I don't count those of the seventeen. You know, the, the most New York moment for me also was like, I remember walking in my early twenties, um, from like my corporate job to lunch and this guy in rollerblades, like, have, has this happened to you? He just passed me by. And then he like backtracked and was like, we have to go out. And I'm like, no, we don't, <laughs> but thank no. you for the swagger. <laughs> no, one, one day I'll tell you the story of the dog walker, but that day's not today. <laughs> okay. Speaking of swagger, I want to give a shout out to the hot ass waiter at rainbow sushi in the village. Oh my God. Um, I went to, uh, okay. So if anyone here has not seen the, Oh God, another show about abortion with Allison Libby, you have to go. It is an incredible show. Go to ogodshow.com. Use Mac 10 for $10 off your ticket. It's incredible. If you can find tickets. All right. But get it. You have to go. It's such a good show. But anyway, I went there with my girlfriend, Joelle, and then after that, we went to Rainbow Sushi and she was telling me like, oh, the waiter there, he's hot. And I, we're there with our men, you know, whatever. I'm not, I wasn't there to like, I'm just there to eat sushi. But then this like 20 minutes later, having forgotten like what she said, the comment, this guy, now mind you, he's wearing a mask. So all I can see is his eyes and his hair. And he's got like this dark gray slicked hair going back. And he, the weight he has tattoos, like on his arms, the rolled up sleeves again, masks. So I can only see his eyes and just this beautiful man with all of this swagger walks past me to get some order. And I was just like, I literally said out loud, Whoa, I have never done that. Like, in, especially in front of my husband and my husband's like, what? And I go, that guy, did you see him? And my husband's like, who? And then he comes back and my husband's like, 
whoa. And I'm like, okay, yeah. so like with, even with a mask, you know, some people like, man, they can get it. Mm-hmm. They can get it. So shout out to that waiter. You guys have to go check him out. Rainbow sushi. Uh, the crispy rice was by far the best thing we had. It was amazing. What an incredible experience. Okay. Let's get to some dating questions. Hello. So I have a question for you guys. Since I actually just had submitted my profile, you guys, but since the pandemic, I have become an ambulatory wheelchair user. And sometimes I could walk, sometimes in a wheelchair. Currently, I'm mostly in crutches as I'm trying to learn how to walk. I'm also back into the dating sphere um, now that things have calmed down pandemic-wise. I have found it's not something I was terribly comfortable putting in my dating profile. Like it feels weird to kind of put it in a list of like things that define me. But since it's noticeable on the outside, I feel it's obligatory. And obviously I noticed I've been getting a lot less interest than I used to ever since I put that up there. So I was wondering what was your guys' take and thoughts on it? Well, I think everything you said is accurate. If there's something that someone's going to see when you arrive at the date, I, I, I agree that it's obligatory to, to put it in the profile. However, no one should be privy to your uh, health records or things like that. And so I would just cover it in the pictures because it doesn't matter the why. All that's important is who's showing up on the date. And so I would include a picture in a wheelchair. I would also include a picture on crutches. And I would also include a picture of you standing because all of those seem like they're possibilities, right? Yeah. And let people make their own assumptions if they want to. And it is unfortunate that... You, you do get less interest because of that, because, I mean, who are we kidding? People are not as open-minded as we wish they were. But as long as you're being accurate in your pictures, assume, whether it's true or not, assume that somebody has looked at all of the pictures yeah. and they know all the possibilities of how you might show up, but you don't have to share a thing about what's going on with your health. That is nobody's business until you decide it's their business. I appreciate it. What do you think she should, um, if someone were to say like, oh, you're in a wheelchair, how does that, I'm, I'm not saying I would ever ask this, by the way, I'm just, I know that people are stupid in the way they ask their questions. So I'm going to yep. pretend to be stupid for a second, but what should she do if someone does ask her a question about her body or her ableism? Uh, it's the right word, but yeah, I- you don't owe anyone an explanation until you decide to share that with them, whether it's about your body, whether it's about your health, whether it's about your mental health, whatever it is. And so I would say, you know, if we get to know each other better, I'm happy to share more about this, but it's something I've been dealing with. And, you know, I'm looking to move forward, not backwards. So, you know, I'd still love to meet you if you're interested. And um, is that deflecting a little bit? Yeah. But okay, for a first date, no one needs to know um, all of these intimate details. And if, if that scares them, then they can decline the first date. But um, I don't think it's ever appropriate to ask someone about their body. And Maria, you said this once, and I loved what you said. They're not asking because they care. They're asking about how it affects them. Right. And you, you said that once, and I think it really resonated with a lot of people because it's true. They want to know how your wheelchair affects them. I mean... 
to be crass, I'm sorry, they want to know, can we have sex? That's, that's what people want to know. And I hate that that's the case, but it is. And so I'm not saying you should hide anything by all means, but I'm just saying you should choose when you want to open up to someone because, and this is true for anything, but when someone has no data points on you, right, which is they haven't met you, they don't know anything about you. Every data point means more, you know? So your physical health, your mental health, that's all someone knows about you. That's the only thing they can base their base their decisions or whatever on. But once they get to know you as a person, your health is only one data point among many others. And then, you know, you both decide if you like each other based on everything you've learned. Fair enough. Thank you for your question. Thank you guys. Let's go to our next listener's question. Um, I had taken a break from my dating profiles. They were lapsing and I realized I needed a refresh because my hair's gotten a lot longer. I look a little different. Um, and I also kind of needed a break because I felt like I was going out on a lot of date, a lot of dates. And it, it, while it was not as many dates as I normally would have gone on in the past, I feel like I've done a better job of screening. Even so it just felt a bit relentless. Like the pace felt like a lot. I had other stuff going on in my life. And so now as I'm, I'm about to restart some profiles and get back online, I'm thinking about how I want to approach this maybe differently. And um, I had an experience of meeting somebody in the wild, um, (laughs) which shocked me because I was, you know, in my sweatpants looking like God knows what, and this guy just approached me and chatted with me and we wound up exchanging numbers. But because I was traveling, I um, had a couple of phone conversations with him in which I found out there were all these things that I wasn't interested in pursuing. And I, I declined the date. Made me think maybe I should be doing more of that just generally speaking, um, which would save me a lot of dry cleaning and makeup. And I'm wondering what you all think about that. Um, about about Zoom dating. I've done some Zoom dating. Some folks seem reluctant to do that now because the COVID's, you know, receding. Um, I think folks seem more receptive to it, Maria, um, in the past when we weren't all going out so much. But is there another layer of screening that I can do or should I try and slow things down a little bit so I get a better sense of someone before I go out with them? Because typically what I do is a, you know, a bunch of text messages and then offline I'll take a phone call or a Zoom call and then we meet. You know, dating fatigue is at a, its all-time high right now. So um, I wouldn't say that your experience is unique. It's so common and I absolutely love the question that you've posed. And it, it makes me think about... Um, like what kind of dating strategy I would use in in your shoes. And the one thing that I like think about a lot sometimes is how I have, I have a life, right? Just like you have a life. Like I have interests, I have things that I like to do. And it's, it's like, well, why does, sometimes I think about like why, and you know, Eric, I'd love to hear your take on this, but sometimes I think about like, why does dating have to be this formal activity that we do. Oh, we're dating now. We're going on first dates and they're in person. And, and so on. it's like, well, why can't I just live my life and think of like all of, you know, summer's upon us, right? There's all these things that I want to do this summer as a, let's say if I were a single woman, I want to do these 10 things this summer, who's coming with me. I really want to check out the botanical gardens. Do you want to come with me on Tuesday? I was really thinking about going to see that show with, um, you know, with Jesse Williams, uh, are you a secure man? Do you want to come with me to this? Like, you know, like kind of like live your life and have them come with you. 
Um, that's That would be my strategy right now because it eliminates, at least you still have fun doing the things you actually wanted to do. And then if you meet someone in the process, great, you just made a nice memory. But otherwise it's like, well, I got to do the things that I wanted to. And it's, so it's not a wasted, and by the way, the makeup thing you just said, holy smokes, does that resonate? Like, I'm like, what? I wasted the good face makeup on you and we you you couldn't even like be nice to the waiter the so all like, day oh, primer really yeah, the primer, <laughs> but good mascara like are you joking like, if men only knew how much it costs they'd be embarrassed to go on dates with us but anyway um so i in, in thinking of this i think to myself like well I, I would never say that i've wasted anything on my face or my clothes if i were doing fun things that i actually wanted to do and someone tagged along this is this is the something that i've been thinking about i've been toying with as like a dating strategy for the summer of 2022. Um, what do you, what do you think, Erica? You, you know, you, you know, this too. Well, it's interesting. We latched on to different parts of the question. And so your answer is great. Um, in terms of doing things that you want to do anyway. And I sort of latched on to your question about, should I be screening more? And, um, first I don't believe that anything is a quote, waste. I hate when people say, I don't want to waste my time. Well, that's just, that's just a negative way of looking at things. Like, like it's very binary. Like I wasted my time or I didn't waste my time. Nothing is a pure waste. Hopefully you learn something. But what I think is that if you're looking for a reason to disqualify someone by having all of these pre-date phone calls, you will find whatever reason you're looking for. Just like in statistics, like you can make the data show whatever results you actually want it to. It doesn't matter what the data is. You could just prove yourself right. Um, that's what I believe about too much screening where, you know, you have all these phone calls, you're bound to hear one thing you don't like. That's just life, right? So I like the, the old strategy you were using, which was text a few times on the app, go out on the date, keep it short, you know, you don't have to have these epic dates or anything. I always say you can add dinner, but you can't take it back. Do an activity, do a drink, whatever. And then if you decide to add on more time, great. And if not, you have a natural breaking point. But the minute you start thinking, well, I don't want to waste my time. So I'm going to screen, 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 screen. You'll find yourself screening yourself out of most dates. And so especially kind of like I was saying to the last person who asked a question, like with so few data points, you hear what you hear on the phone and then you exclude someone because of that. But once you get to know them, it's amazing what we're able to compromise on once we actually like someone. And so I would probably do something in the middle, like not jump to a million dates a week because it sounds like that's exhausting you, but not be looking for things to exclude someone. You know, a few texts, if you want to do a phone call, fine. But then just meet, go for a walk, do the whatever you want to do. And, um, and, and don't put so much pressure on yourself that like this date means so much. I hope it's not a waste of my time. How about just like, this is an hour out of my life. I'm going to go for a walk. And you know what, if we don't like each other, I still got 3000 steps in. Thank you. Love that. I love that. There's like, we think of we, it's good to have two of you because it's like, you have like such different perspectives of the question. Yeah. I love that. We heard different parts of that question and each of our answers, like they're complimentary answers. Uh, if you'd like to join us on upcoming online dating tech support, uh, there's a link in the show notes and you can register there. It's free and uh, you get to be part of our live audience and ask questions. Thank you so much for your question. Let's get Maria. Next- I'm just picturing myself on a phone call with someone who's looking to exclude me. And I'm picturing all of the things I could say wrong. Like, like ring, ring, ring. Do you like hiking? No. Okay. We shouldn't go out, but like, I don't dislike walking. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just talking to um, a single man about this, like recently where, I mean, I talk to single men all day, but like uh, last week where, you know, it's like, oh, well, she likes the nets. And I'm like, okay. And that was, that was the reason why he swiped away from an online dating profile. And I was like, and yeah. Like, so she watches basketball. Like, I don't even do that. Would you disqualify someone who doesn't participate at all? And he goes, no. And I go, but you're participating in someone who enjoys in the hobby. <laughs> like, are, are we kidding? Like in the totem pole of things, this right. is how you choose the future mother of your kids. All right, sorry oh. to drill this point home. I was no, just no, no, thinking no. about just... all the things I would say that would turn someone off, which have really have nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? Right. I actually, just, just as a point of context, this gentleman shared that he was a swinger. Oh, fun. Okay, well, that's, Whereas that's there are different. Than I don't judge, that. but I don't double your pleasure, double your fun doesn't really work in my world. So what, that was, was, that was, was there, a hard pass. Was there any um, signs of that in his profile? Like, did he have like a pineapple? Oh, no, this is the, the guy I met man. in the wild. This is the oh, guy. How did that even come him? up? I, I don't even. Uh, yeah, exactly. How did that come up? It was, it was a really strange there, thing to bring up. Uh, then I think people let on. But it's cool that he was honest with you. Uh, yeah. in, in these questions, I always ask myself, like, how does this affect me? Like, you're telling me this, like, does this mean? Because, you know, there are people that used to be swingers who don't want to do that anymore. So it's like, are you still participating in this lifestyle? Is that an expectation you have of future girlfriends? Like, I would ask those questions. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it might not be the answers you really want from that partner either. And yeah. that's not that they were honest with you, because I think the worst part is to date someone for like three months. And then they're like, by the way, Hi. yeah, parties every Friday, let's go, you know? Yeah, agree. Yeah, and, and not to make light of that, like, obviously, there's a hierarchy of things somebody could tell you. And if something is just n n incompatible with your lifestyle, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you both. Let's take our next question. I have a question regarding attachment style communication preferences. Um, I've been seeing someone since the end of April. Um, we're both single parents, so time is an issue as far as meeting up and everything. Um, he texts multiple times throughout the day, and I want to be able to say, you know, I really enjoy getting to know you, but this is a little much for me. Um, but I don't want to scare him away at the same time. You know, he leans a bit more, I think, on anxious attachment. I'm moving more towards secure attachment, so I don't know. I think you should tell him exactly what you just told us. So okay. you got a, a room here of strangers who you felt comfortable saying, oh, I just, yeah, I can't keep up with all these texts. It's, it's a lot since I'm just getting to know you, but you can't tell the one person who it actually affects. I would actually start practicing open communication with this new person now. And you'll do it nicely, obviously. You're not gonna be like, leave me alone. Um, but you're gonna say, you know, I, I can't really text a lot during the day. And as we get to know each other, I'm, I'm much more inclined to be open with you in person than I am over text. It's just not my preferred medium of communication. And don't worry so much about rocking the boat or turning some someone off. If you saying, I can't respond to all of these texts during the day, turn someone off and makes him go running away, then that's good yeah. because no one can live up to that. And so I think it's great practice to start this open communication. Attachment style or not, That put that aside for a minute. Some people just like to communicate differently. I love, you know, daily texts. I have some friends, they've been married for years. All they text about is dry cleaning and dinner. You know, everyone has a different style of texting. And why should you have to conform to someone else's style? So all you have to do is be honest and open and kind and say what you want. And, and that's it. That's the only advice I ever have. 
And you know, it's it interesting um, that you mentioned, um, Erica, like you compared yourself to like what you want to like married people when there is a sort of cadence that happens absolutely. throughout time, right? Like if, like, I remember when I first met my husband, you know, we texted all day. Well, you know, time permitting, he's in a lab and I'm at yeah, work yeah. as well, but we'd be texting, you know, multiple times a day in the first, you know, six months. And then after the six month mark, it was like, yeah, we're just gonna have a phone call at the end of the day. Like we, I can't do this all day. Like it would just be like, Hey, how's it going? That's it. Like nothing crazy. No. And that, it wasn't even six months, maybe like three months in, I think we just you know, devolve to like FaceTime calls at night. Mm -hmm. And now being married and that I see him every day, I'm just like, I think the last time I texted him was like five days ago to talk about my children's poop. Uh, so, you know, it really devolves. And so I guess what I'm wondering is like, you know, you met in April or a month in is the cadence of your communication, just like the typical cadence that would happen in the beginning of a relationship. And, you know, will it eventually fall or is it, um, at a place where, it gives you anxiety to see so many messages. These are not rhetorical questions. I really like to know the answers. Um, like for instance, are they messaging you so much and expecting answers from you at that moment? Mm -hmm. Or is it a place where you can have a conversation and say, you know, I'm going to respond to these later tonight. Or is, I'll, is, I'll add to that. Yeah. Is texting too much a proxy for you saying he's coming on way too strong? Right. Yeah. Um, I, think he is coming on a little bit strong. I mean, he's wanting to make plans like come the summer and yeah, that, and I, I think a little much. So the texting is just a, yeah, it's a symptom of him coming on too strong. Yeah. I once told someone you have to close the spigot a little. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wasn't ready. What do you mean? What do you mean? He's making plans for the summer. Can you tell me like, more about that? Yeah. So he's like, you know, if we're still gonna see each other you know, I really, you know, maybe we can go on trips. Maybe we can, you know, he's talking about Thanksgiving together. What? We're on the same parenting schedule, like stuff like that. Um, have you had sex with this person? No, no, I'm waiting. I'm doing the 12th date rule. Good for you. Um, wow. You're talking about Thanksgiving before having sex. Like that's kind of weird. Like that to me is a red yeah. flag. Am I crazy here, Erica? Like I feel no, like yeah, so, that's time where I mean, I can relate. I think we've all maybe not all, but many of us have been in a situation before where someone comes on really, really strong and it makes you want to go, oh, I know no one can see me if they're listening, but it makes you want to just push back. And so um, the fear, I think, is that this person is so excited about the thought of being in a relationship, but is it in a relationship with you or is it just in a relationship? And so again, I will practice this open communication. Like this is making me feel anxious. I really like you and I want to get to know you at a slow pace, slower pace. And so can you cool it with the Thanksgiving talk and let's just take this one date at a time. And again, the only, the appropriate response would be, of course, thank you so much for sharing with me. A bad response would be to be defensive and be like, I don't understand. I'm giving you, you know, and I think you'll learn a lot from that person's response. Like I said, it has happened to me. I told him in these words, you need to close the spigot a little. I don't know why I use that weird word, but who cares? And oh I God. just, I just said, you're, you're coming on too strong for me. I really like you. And he and I, this is years ago, we dated for about a year after that because he truly listened to what I had to say and did close that spigot. And then when I was ready, I said, okay, now you can open it back up a little now that you know me and who I am and that I know you like me for me. Right. And not the idea of being in a relationship. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, this was, thank you for your question. Thank you. I hope that was helpful. Let's take our last question for today's call. Um, I am in rabbinical school, school to become a rabbi, and I state that on my dating profiles, um, 
and I, I mean, I'm just finishing my first year, so it's new experience being online dating in this uh, schooling, and I'm like not, I'm getting very, very minimal traction, um, and I'm very clear about wanting to date someone Jewish who wants a Jewish home, I'm like this is gonna be my future, um, and I'm wondering like what to do. Uh, it's sort of um, feels like a grind uh, just to be on that apps. I'm on binge and date. Like nothing's happening, and I'm wondering should I stay in them or take a break or go elsewhere. Okay. So, uh, her question, I, I, cause there's audio issues. I just want to reiterate it. Um, so it seems like you are, so from what I gathered, you are in rab- rabbinical school. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Okay. And you're studying to become a rabbi, which is so freaking badass. Um, and you are looking for a partner and you're using J date to find a partner. And your question is how do I do that? Right. How do I do that? I'm not getting any traction really. Um, like, I guess, how do I, how do I find a partner in this new role of mine? Yeah. Does it, once you put that you were in rabbinical school, was there a noticeable difference to you in the kind of traction you were getting? Is it in your profile? It is. Yeah. But was there a noticeable difference before you put it to now? maybe like minor. Okay. Cause you're also probably a year older than yes. when you, so there are no, okay. I used to be an economist, so I'm going to nerd out right now. You can't do a perfect AB control. You can't do that with people because people are, there's nothing controlled about people. So in a, in a, in a perfect world, we have one profile where you say rabbinical school and the other you don't, and you see if there's an actual difference. But now you factor in age, you factor in, look, none of us think we age, but we all do. You factor in, um, look, I don't know if, uh, how children factor into your life, but you know, as a woman, it gets harder as we get older to attract the same people. And you know, I wish that weren't the case, but it is. And so I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if you're asking if it's the rabbinical school line that's affecting anything, but I, I don't think anyone can definitively say that. Right. I think there are a lot of factors impacting your results on online dating, including what you write in the profile, the pictures you're using, people's taste. You know, we can't control that. Location. Location. Yep. A number of factors. Where are you at? Where do you live? Philadelphia. Okay. And would you consider what, like, what flavor of Jewish are we in? Um, engaged, like, I would say between conservative in that, in that general world, like, but, but not, so this is going to be a very broad answer, someone more than probably just culturally Jewish. Uh, well, do you do things on Saturdays? What's that? Sorry. Do you do things on Saturdays? Uh, sometimes, not very often. Because like, I think what does, scare pe- what does scare people sometimes is they hear the word rabbi and, and they do maybe think like, oh, we can never go out on a Friday night or Saturday during the day. You know, so maybe it's worth. I, I think I the approach, first of all, I, I would be curious to see you on other Jewish apps, uh, but also not Jewish, even like 
um, okay, Cupid, uh, and um, and Hinge. Well, I don't care about Hinge, but Bumble. But like, I, I like, I tend to like okay, Cupid or Match, um, and 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 you know, filter out Jewish people as well. It doesn't have to be like the Jewish app. But what I what I what I am curious about. I mean, it kind of goes back to like that philosophy of like what people are looking at is like, what would it be like to date you? Now, again, like Erica said, like, we don't know what photos you have up. We don't know anything about you except for this one thing. And you're telling us it made a minor difference. So there's probably other things in your profile that we would have to take a look at, which little commercial here we do offer. We do online dating profile uh, makeovers uh, and we do online dating takeovers. That's where we pretend to be you for three months and you just don't experience any dating fatigue. We just get you out on those dates. So consider that for, for you and anyone else listening. If you want to learn more about that link in the show notes. Okay. So to go back to you, um, to your specific question, I think, I just want to say that sometimes in like, when I think about other routes of stuff I could do as a career. So I, my religion, I'm not allowed to be a priest. Um, although in my religion, priests are allowed to get married in Greek Orthodoxy. Hmm because it's one of the seven sacraments and it's a major difference between Catholicism and Greek Orthodoxy. And with that said, I've always felt like, I think it would be so badass to be like a priest's wife. Cause it's like, Oh, you're queen bee of the community. Like, I don't know. It just, it's just very appealing to me as an extroverted person. Um, so I think when I think about that, it's like, I really think that if you, if this is something that you're, is a major identity for you, right? Like you plan to be a rabbi, that's what you're studying for. That's what you're dedicating your life to. I think we're looking for someone who wants to be like the queen bee, so to speak of their community. Be like, hell yeah, my wife is a badass. She's the rabbi. I get to be like, you know, it kind of reminds me of, um, my, my, my middle school biology teacher, he's married to, um, to a, I think not a non-denominational, um, what do you call them? Not priest, pastor, pastoress. What is the, what is the female? She's like a pastor of like their church. And he's just like the way he, I mean, you know, they're older, so they use Facebook and the way he like talks about his wife is like, like the rainbow comes out of her butt. Like there's no other way, you know? And I think that's kind of like what we're looking for. And, you know, he's also a very unique person. And I think anytime you hear about these like really unique careers, you're looking for people that are like really secure and you're also looking for people who just admire the hell out of you. And I don't know if that's a major population. Like, I think it might just be the wedding dress, right? It's like that one dress you're going to wear down the aisle. It's the same thing. It's like the one guy, you know, it's, we're not looking to optimize for a hundred men, we're right. looking to optimize for like the five men. I also have two more comments that I just thought of one. And I know I've said this on previous episodes, so much of life is how you frame it. So if you act like you're embarrassed that you're in rabbinical school, I would be embarrassed for you. If you say badass future rabbi, I would be like, cool. Wow. And so really, really think about how you're framing it. Number two, online dating is not the only way to meet people. I know this is online dating tech support, but I'm originally from outside Philly. So I know a few of the singles groups there. There's a guy, I don't know how old you are. I'm not asking, but there's a group called tribe 12. You should look into, I spoke at their event once they do stuff for young professionals. I just did a quick Google search, Jewish, young, Jewish singles in Philly. I came up with like 40 meetup groups. And so there is no, I hate this expression and I don't know why I'm going to use not, I don't know why I'm going to use it, but there's more than one way to skin a cat. And I think don't limit yourself to online dating, you know, go out there meet some people and kind of what we were talking, kind of what Maria was saying before, do something you like anyway. And if you meet someone even better, maybe also host your own meetup, you know, become the it woman. 
I love that. And, and if anyone here listening is uh, interested in dating a badass rabbi there in you Philadelphia, go. you need to contact me right away. Uh, and then of course, I don't have your, your information either. So you're going to have to contact me too. I'll, I'll put it on Instagram. Hey, <laughs> what, how old are you? Wow. I'm 36. Okay. So if anyone is interested in dating a 36 year old badass, soon to be rabbi in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I need you to <laughs> message me. All right. You get to be the popular group in Philly. Thank you. Popular, the popular club. Uh, Erica, this was great. I'm really happy to have this you on online great. dating tech support. Yes. It's always great. I love the variety of questions. I love how people make themselves vulnerable in order to get answers to their questions. You know, everyone's got questions. And so we love being able to answer them and just, just, I don't know. I love how people are able to open up to us. I love it too. So if you want to hear more from Erica, you can follow her at a little nudge on Instagram. Of course, you should be following me on Instagram at matchmaker Maria. Uh, and if you are interested in joining an upcoming agape intensive virtually a copy agape intensive.com. If you want to come with me to Tulum, Mexico and do it in real life in November, agapeescapes.com. And, uh, yeah, have a beautiful week. Be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next time.